0: William and Shirley. To the hot seat. <laughs> to the hot seat. To the hot seat. That's what we're worried about. <laughs> we are excited about this and having them here. Let me move this out of the way so you can see well. I think you should leave it there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe something a little bigger.
0: Um We've been looking forward to this. Uh, there's, uh, I, I've been able to talk to William and Shirley uh, throughout the years and walk through things with them as well. And it's just been a blessing to see the things that God has done in their life. So we're just going to start off for those of you that may not know. I think everyone knows of them if you don't know them. Uh, but William and Shirley Fitzwater have attended Lachlan for at least 20 years. Twenty seven. Okay. Twenty-seven, yeah. Okay, I, I knew it was a long time. Um, but we're glad that you are here and, and let me just give you a little background. Uh, they have, um, taught Sunday school, uh, been a part of LL care, the choir doing cantatas and, uh, worship and teaching and mentoring. Uh, they have taken us on many bus, bus. trips, <laughs> uh, the, to Winterfest and many women's trips. William braved it, a bus full of women many times and uh, very patient. And we, yes, he deserves a hand clap. (laughs) Um, And uh, so we appreciate that. Tell us a little bit about, just for everybody here, um, how you all met, a little bit about your family, the things that along those lines. Okay.
1: It actually started when I was in first grade. You know, God really does have a plan Yes. for your life. And we may not think that he does, but he does. And, and I think that as long as we listen, and, and maybe we take a few sidetracks here and there, but most of the time, if we're listening to that voice, we know where we're supposed to go. But when I went to first grade, my mom took me in for my first day, and when we walked in, um, there were two little girls sitting over in the corner, and my mom leaned over and whispered to me, and she said, you need to be nice to those two little girls. They just lost their mom, and they, they were having a really difficult time. Well, one of those little girls became my best friend for life, and still is, and happens to be his sister. Both were his sisters, but um, God, I believe, orchestrated that as mm-hmm. well, so um, I've been involved in, been with their family forever, and knowing them, Um you know, getting to know him was a little different story, but um, <laughs> that happened, I don't know, I was trying to think where Deb got to, if she remembers Youth for Christ, anybody here remember Youth for Christ, if you're old enough to be with us, yeah, well, they, they used to have... Um, um, when we were teenagers, Youth for Christ did, would have an organization to bring all the churches together, the teenagers, to have activities once a month. Um, and they would go roller skating and have Christian music. You know, it has, had to be a good thing. Yeah, And it was, and we had a good time. But Donna and I, his sister Donna and I, were um, juniors in, um, in high school, and we wanted to go this one night, but we didn't have transportation, and we didn't know how we were gonna get home. So she asked her brother, who's so much older than both of us, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he had a condition. You know, he, he worked a lot. Um, he, he drove tractor-trailer for um, Duke Creek Water to Baltimore. He drove a milk truck. He drove school buses. He was always doing, in a vehicle, driving something. So he told Donna that if we would go with him on the milk route after we went roller skating, he would take us home. Huh. Well, little did we know, and neither one of us, I don't think she'd ever been on the milk route before. Such an education (laughs) that I have had over my lifetime. But um, it was great. And and that was actually how um, I actually came to know him. I'd I'd seen him before, but really didn't have any contact. So um, when we got back to the farm that night, he took me home. We're pulling into my driveway, and we're just sitting there. I went to get out, and I said, thanks for the ride. And he said, wait a minute. He said, I'm going to marry you one day. (laughs) I'm like... (laughs) Oh my goodness, this guy has lost his mind. I mean, truly, I was seeing somebody else at the time, and and who does he think he is that he's going to marry me someday? I guess he won, but um, it did did work out in the end, but um, we've been married. He always does this for me. I can never remember how many years we've been married.
2: 48. 48.
1: (laughs) 48 years, a lifetime double for some of you guys sitting here, but... Um, but, you know, truly God is good and he orchestrates everything in our life and we need to make sure that we pay attention to the signs along the way. But um, you want to add anything to that? <laughs> That's how we met. It was truly through his sister who is still my best friend to this day. God, God was
2: in that. I happened to, to uh, be asking the Lord because I was driving milk truck, farming, uh, school bus. I didn't have time to... Go out and date. To woo or date anybody.
1: Yeah, that was me. I got the leftovers. uh,
2: (laughs) So I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, They had a a camping crusade over beside the, the, well, now it's the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And uh, they had a huge tent revival there. And I got baptized in the Holy Spirit there. And uh, something was laid on my heart that night ask God for the right woman and uh, so I did (laughs) there she is
1: God is good. We have two sons. I'll, I'm going to continue on. We have two sons. Um, our older son can drive anything, just like his dad. He scares me. drives bulldozers over edges of cliffs and all that stuff. Our younger son, Joshua, grew up in Lachlan Church of God, yeah. mentored by the two most wonderful pastors who had an influence on his life. And he is a working minister today because of what he received here through the mentorship and the love. And still has a direct line to Pastor Ivan, I think. He's on the phone with him all the time now with all the challenges of being a pastor. But um, God was good in that, and we have five of the most wonderful grandchildren that anybody could ever have, better than anybody. Ha- I'm sure better than yours. I mean, close to and they're, mine. They're but... close. <laughs> they're cousins, they're, so cousins, they're related. So they really <laughs> so, are. So they're pretty good. Yeah. So that's it. Two kids, five grandkids, married 48 years.
0: There you go. Awesome. Now we're we you, you had shared with me you had shared with me some challenges though that led you to the Lord and you two together a couple of few weeks ago. Do you want to share a little bit about that?
2: You're talking about the motorcycle, Yeah. Trucks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we were engaged I'll, I'll preface this. We were engaged. We were supposed to get married in June. This should have been a clue for me, but go ahead. Tell what happened.
2: <laughs> I I don't consider myself a daredevil, but I rode a motorcycle everywhere to its limits, and uh, uh, one day I was getting a school bus physical, and uh, I was taking my papers into the board office, and uh, when I was coming back out the ro- uh, road, didn't feel no vibration or anything. And right there at the armory where you turn up where the gun sets, I turned up there. And uh, we were going down the road, and it felt like I was getting a flat tire. And I turned to look to see if there was a getting a flat tire. Big mistake. And I hit the guardrails. And it tore my...
1: He hit the metal.
2: The metal guardrails. And uh, it tore my guts out.
1: Busted his helmet in, too.
2: Tore tore the helmet clear (laughs) off of my head. And... uh, when I woke up in uh, Oakland Hospital, uh, Dr. Alvarez was there looking over at me, and he said to me, he said, we don't have the staff of the facilities here to work on that boy. And I was, what, 24? And uh, I ended up in Morgantown. And uh, back then, they didn't fly you. We took the long way around. And by the time they got me over to Morgantown and I got into uh, surgery, uh, the doctors over there said he won't live till morning. And uh, it's amazing how God works because during this situation, with your insides and stuff tore out and never knew about the broken back until after the fact, uh... The Lord allowed me to go through a situation that it was just like I was in hell. I heard the wailing and the gnashing of teeth. The heat was so hot that I couldn't stand it walking into it. It felt like my body was starting to melt. And uh, I prayed, dear Lord, please forgive me. Don't allow me to go through this. I don't want to go to hell. And as we turned to walk, started walking back, I was out of my bed, or at least I felt like it. And when I was getting back in bed, I thought, I need to call Shirley. I need to call Shirley. I didn't know what time it was. And when... uh I went to the payphone. Most right?
1: of no, you guys don't probably don't know what a payphone is, but there used to be a phone that you put money in and you could talk. So there was one in the hallway outside his room.
2: I walked out there and did not put a cent in that phone and picked it up and I had a dial tone. And I called her house. And of course her dad answered the phone. I mean, I don't even know what time in the morning it was, but it was after midnight. And um, I said, Dad, this is William. I need to talk to Shirley. And he said, it can't be William. William's in Morgantown Intensive Care, and I expected to live through the night. And I said, Dad, I need to talk to Shirley.
1: He hung up (laughs) on me right now.
2: That's a dad. I thought, this can't be right. I put the phone back up, and I said, no, I'm going to talk to Shirley. So I picked it back up. I still had a dial tone. I punched in the numbers. Her dad answered the phone again, and I said, Dad, this is William. I need to talk to Shirley tonight, now. Well, he did let me talk to his daughter. But... I started telling her what happened. And she says, are you sure? I
1: thought he was hallucinating. I said, honey, I said, I'm sure.
2: I said, if I wouldn't have obeyed the Lord, I don't know if I'd have lived through the night.
1: And that was the last thing the doctors had told us when we left the hospital that night. They didn't anticipate him living through the night.
2: God, God can deliver when all else fails, God delivers. And let, believe it or not, I made it home. Yep,
1: a couple days later.
2: <laughs> yep, a couple days later, I was home. And uh, when they come over the next morning this evening, I was sitting up on the bed and had my legs crossed like an Indian style, and I was sitting there reading the Bible. And I said to Shirley, I said, "The Lord, by the way, told me that I was to marry a Proverbs 31 woman. She knew what I expected from then on. Didn't have to beat her over the head. Didn't have to take anything. She already knew what I expected from a woman."
1: Okay, so that was our first experience. Of that. <laughs> we we had to postpone our wedding till yes. December. So um, it, it was a little later, but we ended up getting married eventually. And then um, the second trauma that actually hit our life was, was much later in life. And this one was probably the hardest of anything that we ever went through. Um, he had gone um, to the dentist. I was working. My mom took him for me. And um, he went, had oral surgery, came home. He was in a lot of pain. And she gave him an Advil. To um, help with the pain because they'd called a prescription and I was going to pick it up on my way home from work. And she called me back and she said, You need to come home now. I'm calling Pastor Bobby. That was our pastor at the time at Lakeside. She said, He's going to come down and get William and take him to the hospital. And I'm like, He just had a tooth pulled. What is the big deal here? So I get to the hospital. I drove straight to the hospital then. And Pastor Bobby met me and he said, Shirley, it's bad. They think he's having a heart attack because he was having such severe chest pain. I'm like, He had a tooth pulled. What is going on? So we go back and um, they had done a CAT scan. Dr. Johnson came out and he said, when he swallowed the Advil, he choked because of the numbing in his throat. And they think that was part of it, but he choked. He choked so hard that he tore a three inch hole in his esophagus. Now most of us don't really, I didn't know anything about an esophagus, but I could probably answer any question that you might have today. Because I'm thinking, okay, fix it, sew it up, let's go home. Well, they life him. He's been life a lot during our marriage. That's sh- you know that first motorcycle accident should have been my clue, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> they life him, and I get over there, and um, the thoracic surgeon comes out, and he said, I need to talk with you before we go in. Um, he said, honestly, I don't believe he's going to survive the surgery. Um, he has, um, what has happened when he sat at the hospital, for those of you who don't know, with a hole in your esophagus, all of that wonderful stomach acid would get, you know, you get heartburn. Well, this stuff was all flowing through his lungs, his kidneys, all of his organs inside of his body, and it was eating it up. So he was a mess, and um, he said, I truly do not believe that he is going to survive the surgery. They ended up cutting him from here clear down past his belly button and lift your arm once. If you can see this, do you see this? Well, put your arm back down, it looks better. There's not, nope. see this hole? <laughs> he has a hole all the way up around his back. Um, he had the surgery, survived that night, was on a ventilator for several weeks, um, but they ended up having to reopen him seven times. They couldn't get the acid out yes, of his organs. Analysis. They would open him back up and close him up, so they finally opened him up and left him open. They didn't close just him Just like a zipper. <laughs> it wasn't even like a zipper. It was just like bumper pads is what they called them. Is that right, Dr. Moore? Bumper pads, kind of. They were sewn into his skin, so it didn't completely lay open, but it was open, and they had to pack it, but they, could, um, they would clean it out every day, spray him with stuff. and he got to take wonderful drugs and marijuana and opium, and he was on all kinds of things because it was so bad. He was there for 90 days. It was a long time. Um, and he almost died probably 10, 11 times during that. He really, should, he's the cat with more than nine lives, but um, God intervened again. Do yep. you know how many people came to know Jesus Christ through this? It was a tough lesson for him and for us to walk through, but we had so many people who were praying for him. Annie, you probably remember this. You were there, part of this. And how people from different churches came and just sat in the waiting room with us. We <coughs> couldn't go back with him because he was scared, <coughs> so sick and so bad, and his lungs collapsed several times. And um, it, it was just a bad time. But you know what? God was there through it all. When you think you can't take anymore, when you think you can't handle anymore, this still, still small voice, and, this, and when you said, Did I have a special scripture? Well, I do. It's just be still. Be still. Quit fussing about it. Be still. And know that I am God, because he can handle everything, we think we can do things, we think we can fix them, and that we 're there to handle a situation, but after we 've messed it up and he has to step in it 's pretty hard, but when he was on the ventilator, he um, of course couldn 't speak he, he had a little um, whiteboard that he would try to talk with us, and um, it, it was S- scribble scribble yes it was a, it was a long time and but but again, God was faithful, and we ended up, and I'm gonna let you tell the end of it. Um, after 90 days, and our, our oldest son was in um, high school at that time. Yeah and he was playing baseball, and he wanted to go to a game. He was trying to convince his thoracic surgeon to let him go. He, wouldn't, he said, I'll go, and I'll come back. I'm, you know, it was like the final game, and he wanted to go. And unfortunately, well, fortunately, him, our son hit a, a grand slam, won the game against Northern High School. Sorry, Northern people. But anyway, it, it, made, it made the paper, front page paper, and I brought it in, and he showed it to his doctor. And he said, see what you made me miss. And he made him start walking from the hospital at Ruby up to where the football, football field is. Stadium lives. A, a nurse would go with him and he'd go every day with his IV poles and he would walk from the hospital up there and back. And he said, when you can do that, was it five times? Ten. Ten. Okay. When you can do it that many times, then we'll see about letting you go home. Yep. And so we did. And we had to have a nurse teach me how to pack his wounds because they were still open. So we got to learn all kinds of wonderful things. But um, he still wasn't um, his lungs still weren't the best. He was really struggling. And um, We came back, um, and he was. Uh, it was right. I had one lung good, working. Yeah, only one lung was working, and it was a Good Friday. We went to tr- we went to church on Sunday morning Easter, and Pastor Bobby called him up to pray for him. Now, you tell what
2: happened. Well, they called me up, and he said, "Do, do you feel like that the Lord can heal you?" I said, "Absolutely." And uh, so they. All joined around, and he was probably there then. They anointed me with oil and uh, prayed for me. I didn't want to tell anybody, but the next morning, the next morning I knew my right lung was healed. (laughs) I had energy that I didn't have before, and I just felt better. Well, I didn't want to tell anybody, oh, I know I'm healed I wanted the doctors in Morgantown to tell me I was healed. So that what was it Wednesday? It was that
1: week, yeah.
2: Wednesday, I had a doctor's appointment. Now, of course, you know you go in, you give urine samples, and you give blood tests, all this stuff. And
1: they did, they did X-rays of your lungs every time.
2: Yeah, and so I went in to X-ray, and uh, the technician, she says, you come in. They always take four sides, but that anyway. only took two. And uh, I went back out and was sitting there in the waiting room because I always took my x-rays down to my Th- surgeon. That's
1: how old this is. This was before computers, you know, and they shot them to the doctor. We hand-carried them up.
2: We hand-carried them.
1: Nobody would understand well, anyhow, that, would they?
2: <laughs> anyhow, I uh, was sitting there waiting, and the technician came out, and she goes, Mr. Fitzwater, do you know your lungs are both working? I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, I do. So she said, you come back in. She said, I'm going to do all four sides of you so we can be sure the doctor sees it. I said, okay. So we did, and uh, I always had a one o'clock appointment. And uh, we walked down, and I walked in. The doctor was sitting there, and I was going to say his name, but I, I better better not. Doctor, I <laughs> started to do it again. <laughs> the doctor put the x-rays in the thing and he turned to me and he started crying and he said to me he says you made a believer out of me I said no no he did he might have used me as the vessel but he's the one that made the believer out of me and I tell you what I still see him once in a while. He moved to Pittsburgh, but I'll tell you what, him and I had a father son relationship.
1: And had a long day. relationship with 90 days yeah. and every day. They, he truly was an amazing
2: doctor. He was. He was.
0: Yeah. Okay. Both breathe. of you have um, really been examples. And surely you most recently, and I'd like for you just to, I know many here know uh, about your recent experience of of near death. But both of you have been beautiful examples of serving while you suffer and worshiping while you weep. You know, a lot of times when hard times hit, our tendency is to pull back, sometimes even pull away from church or pull back from serving but you all kept on and i you know most recently you would come up here with your oxygen and you would play not missing a beat not missing church and just refresh everyone and maybe those that aren't here how god honored that
1: well you know i think that um Pastor Ivan, we were sitting at home with live stream watching every, we didn't miss a service because we missed being here so bad. And the one Sunday that Pastor Ivan said, we're going to have a healing service next weekend. And, um, and for those who can't make it, we'll do the healing, um, handkerchiefs. And William said, well, I'll go and get some for you. And I said, no, we're going to go. He said, you're going to go with all this stuff? And I'm, yeah, we're going to go. We're supposed to go. And we came, I got prayed for it. I didn't get healed. You ever been prayed for and everybody's praying for you and they're waiting for you to say, I'm healed, but you're not. And you begin to doubt yourself and you begin to think, what's wrong with me? What, why, why am I not getting healed? And, and um, I remember our praise and worship team was such a blessing and they were so encouraging to me to say, you know what? When it's time, it's time. It'll come. And Sharon, who came to our ladies' convention and came up to me and told me, that she had just felt so impressed to come and pray for me at the piano, and, but she didn't want to come up on the platform and, and be a, you know, a nuisance or, or whatever. And I was like, if God tells you to come and pray for me,
2: Amen. you
1: better run up here and pray yes. for me. Yes. And the next Sunday, the next Sunday, we had another healing service. And I was sitting there playing, and somebody came up and prayed behind me, and then somebody else. And, and again, you're like, okay, God, please, let's do it now. Let's get it done. And, you know, nothing happened. And they go down and they sit down and I'm sitting there playing. And all of a sudden, just as clear as a bell, I heard a voice say, you are healed, take your oxygen off. Bailey was standing here at the keyboard and she's looking over at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> she's been my protector and caregiver, such a blessing to me during through, through all of that up here. And, um, and it was like, it's okay. And I, and I took it off. And, and there was no fear. I mean, honestly, when I left the hospital, my doctor told me they normally don't send you home on six liters of oxygen. That um, they referred me to Morgantown. Morgantown referred me to Pittsburgh. They said there was nothing they could do. They were giving me two years to live because my lungs were so bad. And it was like, we're not giving up. We're not giving in. We're going to just keep pushing. We're going we're gonna to do whatever we have to do. And... When I took that oxygen off, it was just like a weight flew off of me. And I have not had my oxygen on since. I went back to Oakland. (laughs) I went back to see my doctor at Oakland. And and he's a Christian. And when he came back, he said, this is absolutely amazing. I mean, he was just so supportive. And it was so wonderful to have that support. And then um, he wanted me to follow up with my pulmonologist in Morgantown. Well, that was a different story. He's not a Christian. And when he came in, unfortunately, the nurse, when she took my stats, she did my heart rate and my oxygen levels backwards on the report. And when he came in, he said, why aren't you on oxygen? I mean, he was really angry with me. And I said, because God healed me. I don't need to be on oxygen anymore. And he said, I'm looking at your numbers. You're, you're only at 70%. You should be like falling over, turning blue here. I said, "No, it was 98. 98. 98." And he said, "No, it's not." I said, "Let's check it again." So we did. It was 98%. Yeah. And he just turned around and walked out of the room. <laughs> But you know what? I believe that God had a purpose and reason for everything that happened and for when it happened. And, and maybe it didn't happen as quick as I wanted it to happen. But you know what? I believe that God worked through it. And so many people have come and told me how they have been touched and blessed. God, he's That's real. Yeah, He really yes. is in the miracle working yeah. business. And I think that we've been lax in letting him do that for us. Mm-hmm. That we try to fix it ourselves. Mm-hmm. But it was it was... It was truly amazing. What would
0: y'all say to someone that may be here, and this is going to go out in podcast, and I believe many more are going to hear it. What would you say to people that are going through a hard time right now or that are feeling discouraged because their healing has not come instantaneously? Um, what would you say to them? Don't give up. Don't
1: give in. Don't. Because, again, I believe there's a time and there's a purpose, and, and I know it gets scary and depressing and hard. But God is always there. And, yes. and he, he gave us light through the, the hard times and encouragement. So I would say just don't give up. Don't give up. Call somebody. Call, call your pastor. Call, call someone that you trust in your church who can give you support, who will encourage you, and give you that word that you need that day if you don't have it on your own.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to ask uh, William. we got some young men here. Um, that one day are going to look for a wife. And we have some young uh, ones that are engaged or that are recently married. Um, encourage them in looking for a wife or even in how they treat their wife. Well, I,
2: I learned... The Lord told me what to do. And I followed what the Lord did. And i tell you what. I cannot, I cannot blame anything. Give the Lord the praise. Give Him the glory. Because if you're willing to wait for the right woman. I was 25 years old. You were getting old. I was getting old. I mean, (laughs) according according (laughs) to standards today. But i tell you what, I was well blessed with it. And uh, the Lord knows more about what we need than we'll ever know. Yep, that's true.
1: That's and, true.
2: Uh, you know, we can read the Bible all day, but if you don't put it to practice and you don't do what the Lord tells you to do, don't expect any miracles because He is full of miracles, but we just don't use Him when we should. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, That's good advice. What about you,
0: Shirley? What would you say to the young women i't
1: i 't don't, I don't know that i would I would be a little worried if you know the first time you go out well, i wasn 't even on a date, but when they say they 're going to marry you, be a little hesitant you know, give it a little time, but um, again, God was in control there but um, I think that you know when we were doing the youth for Christ things their youth activities, our church is so blessed with the leadership that we have here for our youth and things for them to do and I think that it's so much um, it's so much to our credit to have kids have opportunity to, to do things with other kids in the church mm-hmm. and to have that fellowship with them that I think it makes a big difference in who you fellowship and who you go and do things with. And um, you know, we've had friends who've said, well, you know, they don't go to church and um, it won't matter. But if they don't go to church before you get married or they don't wanna be a part of that, then I don't know how it's going to go later. It so won't. you wanna make sure that you know what you're getting into When you choose a mate for life, because God, God has the perfect soulmate for all of us. And we just need to find them and listen.
0: 48 years. It's very easy today for people to, they take the easy route a lot of times to walk away. So what would you say to those that may be even in a struggle right now? Because hard times are going to come. Sure they are. You know, with maybe somebody struggling even in a... Even in a marriage, what would you say to them?
1: I think that no matter what you're there's going to be ups there's going to be downs with with whoever and if you're committed and you have made that commitment to that person to live with them the rest of your life, has he been perfect? No have I no I mean, we've both made mistakes and we've had we've had some hard times along the way, but is it easier to walk away mm, yep, certainly but it's also worth the battle to stay and make it work. That's, that's the part I think that is so, because everything's so microwave living today, it's like, I can't wait to boil that on the stove. Let me just stick it in the microwave. That's kind of how we are with our relationships. If it doesn't work here this fast, and okay, I'm gonna move on to someone else. You need to see what's in it for the long term. You really do. And if you don't stay with it, then
0: you're not gonna have something worthwhile. Nope. Nope. God at the center. Yes. What are some, um, just some nuggets that you could pour in some, maybe some uh, scriptures, some nuggets that people have poured into you that has really kept you through those pivotal moments?
1: I think that um, the people who have been behind us, having church family has certainly been a big help. I think that with, with that support behind you, no matter you know, when you're going through those tough times, to have church family to stand behind you, to be with you, to call you to, just to send you a note or give you a call. Miss Karen, you know we've, we've done that, haven't we? And, and we've seen how God has been such a blessing in different areas. And without, I think COVID has played with that and tried to tear us apart in that it's easier to stay home and, and just watch on live stream But that was part of what drove me to come back because when I was in isolation for 30 days in the hospital, I missed being with my family. I missed being with my church family. Mm -hmm. And that was when I felt the weakest. Mm -hmm. I think we're stronger when we come together Mm -hmm. and when we reach out to other people. And if we don't, then it's going to be easier to just fall by the wayside and slip through the cracks. And we need each other. We need each other.
0: Do you have anything, William, to add to
2: that? Well, I tell you, being open with the Lord and going to Him first and asking Him, what's the best way? Because He wants us to be in the best way. Mm -hmm. He does want the best for us. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I was in the hospital that 92 days, We communicated with that little board. But I'll tell you what. That's nothing but communicate with the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know he can hear you. He will answer. Mm -hmm. It might not be when we think he should. Mm -hmm. But if we got our hearts open
0: and our minds
2: open, he'll talk to us.
0: Be receptive, yep. Yep. Is there a scripture that you would like to... um, share or any other thoughts?
1: I think the, and I said it earlier, and and I think that it has been there and it's just the simplest thing. And sometimes that's what, maybe that's what it needs to be is simple so that when you are feeling so broken and downtrodden and you don't know that you've got enough strength to pull yourself up and and even to pray sometimes. Um, I remember um, I was in the ICU unit and one of the nurses came over to me. They were in, in full protective gear and they got a hold of my arm and this gentleman said to me, you have got to fight. If you don't fight, you are not going to live. And pushed me and pushed me. And you don't feel like doing anything. You don't feel like fighting. You don't, you just don't. And, and then it just came to me. Be still and know okay. that I am God. And the praise team had been sending me music that I had been listening to. And I speak Jesus over you. Mm-hmm. That probably had to be one of the, it wasn't even a scripture, but the song itself, I speak Jesus over you. Mm-hmm. No matter what, I have Jesus over me, with yeah. me, in me, around me, and he's going to get me through. Amen. And, and I find that, I, I love music, and I found that a lot of songs would speak to me when, it would be like, that was just for me. And I think that if we're open, God will do that for you. He'll send a song. He'll send a scripture verse. He'll send something that applies to you right now where you are and the need that you have. Just listen. Just listen to what he has to say.
0: Okay. That was was awesome. (laughs) Um, What I'm gonna do, and this is kind of putting them a little bit on the spot on this, but Shirley, I would like for you, if you will, to go to the piano. And I, I mean, you are anointed. The one thing that I love about Shirley, we have, uh, when especially when I led worship or when I get up to preach, we have flowed together so a long connection. that um, she typically knows where I want to go and what I want to do and what I'm thinking before I even get there. So a lot of times I don't even have to ask. She just starts and then, and then I can jump in. But I want you to play something and while you get ready to do that, William, I would like for you to just pray over the church tonight. Okay. Just you pray healing, however God leads you, those that may be discouraged, but just pray over them if you will. And there's nothing wrong with my
1: lungs. For I, I don't know if I told them I just had a third knee replacement on my left leg and they ended up putting 12 inches of metal in my leg, so I'm still learning to walk. Nothing to do with the healing that I had in my lungs. It's, it's all good. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, William, you pray and then she'll play.
2: It's all about our heads. Our precious Heavenly Father. I count it such a privilege, Lord Jesus, to be called to speak with the people that's come tonight, Lord. We ask it all in your name, Lord. Healing touches, sickness, whatever you're here with, Lord. We know, Lord Jesus, you said you call on my name and I will be there and Lord we call on your name Lord Jesus we ask you Lord Jesus to bless each and every one of us Lord keep your hand on all of us Lord Jesus will give you the praise and honor and the glory forever and ever in Jesus name amen
0: I'm going to ask you to stand and lift your hands just as she plays this. I'm just going to let her play it over you. And let's just lift our hands and let Jesus love on us for a moment. We just speak healing and blessing over you. Hasn't it been a beautiful time in God's presence? We're so glad that you're here. Pray that you're blessed. Let William and Shirley know tonight how much that you were blessed by the things that they shared. And let's come back um, on Sunday just ready to worship God and bring someone with you, okay? God bless.